0: Well, good morning, church. My name is Peter. I'm one of the pastors here. And today I want to talk about healthy relationships. Because it doesn't matter if it's my spouse or my kids or my coworkers, my extended family, my friends. I know that life is better when my relationships are healthy, when my relationships are strong. And the foundations of a healthy relationship are when we understand our role. In a relationship, we need to know what our role in that relationship is. For myself lately, I have had to explain this to my children. I've got some young kids, and I'm constantly having to explain to them, I am the parent. You are not a parent, you are my child. And so there is a difference in our roles In this relationship sometimes they seem to forget that if you're in a romantic relationship uh, you want to understand what your role in that relationship is if one person thinks "Oh, this is just casual and somebody else thinks no this is really serious uh, there's gonna be some confusion there's gonna be some dysfunction you need to know what your role is in the relationship another foundational part of a healthy relationship is that we need to know what our responsibilities are in a relationship. Even in like a work environment, if you've ever had a job where you didn't have a clear job description, and they just kept piling on more and more for you to do, and now they're adding more supervisors that you're to report to. You're not sure who you're supposed to tell what to. It can get very confusing. So when we understand what our responsibilities are, that's going to help us to have A healthy relationship. Uh, With my spouse, you never want to be in a position where you're saying, I thought you were getting the kids. Okay, that is not a good situation to have. Or when you hear the knock at the door and company has come over and you realize nobody has cleaned the bathroom. Uh, I thought that was your responsibility. I thought you were taking care of that. No, I didn't do that. Is that my responsibility? That's not going to be a good time. So in a healthy relationship, you've got, you got to know what your role is. You need to understand your responsibilities. And in any healthy relationship, there needs to be trust. Even in a friendship. If I make a plans to go for coffee with you, I do not want you to cancel on me for the third time. I need to be able to trust that we're actually going to have this coffee date. I don't want to be sitting in the coffee place texting my friend saying, like, did you remember that this is happening? Are you on your way? So even in just a friendship, for it to be a healthy relationship, there needs to be trust. Well, what about our relationship with God? How can we have a healthy relationship with God? Because as Christians, as people who are following Jesus, we understand that this is about relationship. It's not just rules. It's not just moral teaching. That we are in a relationship with our creator. But how do we know if we have a healthy relationship? How do we know? I think sometimes Christians find themselves getting confused they're feeling guilty they're they're not sure am i am i doing a good job how is this supposed to be and so if we want to understand the foundations of a healthy relationship with god again we're going to want to look at what is our role what is our responsibilities and is there trust And so I want us to look together at someone who had a very robust and healthy relationship with God. Uh, He's found in the Old Testament, and his name is Jeremiah. And if you have your Bible, I would love for you to grab your Bible and turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 18. We're going to start right in verse 1. But I think Jeremiah is a great figure for us to look at in 2020. Because Jeremiah lived a life of conviction. Jeremiah stood firm in the midst of unprecedented times. Jeremiah lived through an incredibly difficult time in his nation. Where he experienced the ups and the downs. Where things were, it seemed were going good, but then things were not going well at all. And yet Jeremiah was unwavering. Jeremiah is someone who was able to speak the truth. Even when he was surrounded by people who were telling lies, who were telling everybody just what they wanted to hear. Yet Jeremiah didn't compromise, he stood firm. And yet he also had this soft and tender heart towards God. He had this incredibly healthy relationship with God. And we're going to look at what God speaks to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 18, starting in verse 1. I hope that you're there. Jeremiah is a prophet, and that means he's God's spokesperson. So God speaks to Jeremiah, and then Jeremiah takes that word and preaches and proclaims that to God's people. Here is what God says to Jeremiah in chapter 18, starting in verse 1. It says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. And then it continues from there where God continues to speak his message to Jeremiah. So we're looking at how can we have a healthy relationship With God. And we're focusing on Jeremiah, who has this type of relationship that we want to see. And the foundations of a healthy relationship are going to include understanding what our role is in the relationship. And here in this passage, God makes it very clear that He is like the potter, and that we, God's people, both individually and collectively, are like the clay. And the Bible has many other examples and illustrations of what sort of relationship we can have with God, what our relationship with him can look like. So in the Bible, we see that God is our father, that we are children of God. There's a a difference in that relationship between a father and a child. In the New Testament, we see that Jesus is the good shepherd and that we are are his sheep. We see when we look at the life of Abraham that Abraham was called a friend of God. That the relationship that he had with God was he had a friendship that he was called a friend of God. What an incredible picture of what our relationship with God can look like. And here today we're looking at God is the potter and we are the clay. You know, sometimes it's challenging when we stop and think about these pictures, when we do understand what our role is, that we are called children. You know what? I, I've thought about it. I do not want to go back and be a child again. I like being an adult. I got to choose what I'm wearing today. I got to drive myself to church. I don't want to be a child again. I like being an adult. And yet God calls me a child You know, I really do like the picture of me being a sheep and Jesus being my shepherd because it just means I have to stay close to him. He's going to protect me. He's going to lead me where I need to go. I kind of do like that. But at the same time, I recognize that I don't love that God is calling me like a smelly animal, a sheep. Okay, and then here, the clay, God is saying to us, you are like a lump of dirt. That I am going to work on and make something of. It's not always a very comfortable position for us to find ourselves in. But for us to have a healthy relationship with God, it begins with knowing what our role is. That God is the potter. In a healthy relationship, we're going to know what our responsibilities are. And it's important for us to understand the difference between the responsibilities that the potter has... And the responsibilities of the clay. The potter is responsible for shaping the clay. And we see in this passage that we read, this healthy relationship that Jeremiah has with God. But I want you to notice a few things. First, notice that God initiates. That this isn't, it doesn't begin with Jeremiah saying, God, I need to hear something for you. God, please, do you have something for me? But God has something that he wants to say to Jeremiah. God's word comes to him. And then God speaks and Jeremiah listens. God instructs and Jeremiah obeys. So God says, I want to speak to you. Go to the house of the potter. And Jeremiah goes down and finds himself at the house of the potter. Now, for us, pottery is probably not a big part of your life, unless you've taken it up as a hobby. Maybe you did it as like a special date activity where you go to those places where you can make something and paint it and have it baked and take it home with you. But in Jeremiah's life, the potter is something very ordinary and commonplace. You know, like for us, how we have our reusable plastic containers, you know, you put your leftovers in them, you stick them in the fridge, you send them to school with your kids, you take your lunch to work in them, it fills up the top rack of your dishwasher, all these different plastic containers that you have. You're trying to find the right lid to match the base, and it's not always easy. So we're familiar with this. And for Jeremiah in his life, that's what pottery is. It's you're going to store your things in these clay pots and they're very breakable. You know, the kid goes running by and smashes it. And you've got to go down to the potters again to pick up a new pot. And so God has something that he wants to say to Jeremiah and he doesn't choose to speak to Jeremiah in the temple. He takes Jeremiah down into the marketplace outside of the four walls. And I think sometimes we can get a little too caught up in God speak to me. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to hear something from God. But we can recognize that God can speak to us anywhere. He can take something that is ordinary, something that is commonplace, something that you walk by every single day. And then suddenly, He can drop something supernatural into your spirit where He's speaking to you something that He wants to communicate. He wants to show you a picture that changes how you see everything. And so here is Jeremiah, and he is in the house of the potter. Now, I love this because this is such a quiet moment. When you think about all of the big, bombastic elements that we see in the Bible, you've got Uh, Moses, and he's up on the mountain, and God is writing on the tablets. You've got Elijah on the mountain. You've got earthquakes, fire, lightning, the wind. You've got David versus Goliath. You've got the Red Sea parting. You've got armies clashing against armies. All these big, big moments in the Bible. But here, it's a very quiet moment as Jeremiah is standing in the house of the potter. The potter is sitting He's got his wheel in front of him. It'd be a stone wheel connected to a rod with a smaller wheel at the bottom. And the potter uses his feet to turn the small wheel so that the big wheel turns and his hands are free to work on the clay. So all you'd hear is just the gentle grinding sound of the stone turning, sound of the hands of the potter, Working on the clay. And it's in this quiet, everyday moment that God speaks this word to Jeremiah. So, in a healthy relationship, we would know what our role is, we would know what our responsibilities are. And Jeremiah can see as the potter is working the clay, he builds up the clay. He crushes the clay. Whatever seems good to the potter, the potter can do with the clay. The potter is making the clay into a vessel. And then God's word comes to Jeremiah saying, I am the potter. You are the clay. I can bring you up. I can bring you down. And this word that comes to Jeremiah would be a familiar word to him. This word that comes to Jeremiah would remind Jeremiah of things that he has already heard from God. Because Jeremiah is someone who is living out this message. That Jeremiah truly knows that he is clay in the hands of the potter. That in fact the very first message that God spoke to Jeremiah when he was a young boy, a young man, God had this to say to him. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 1. We're going to look at verse four and five. You don't have to turn there, but I want to show it to you. And it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And in the original language, that word formed, where God is saying, Before I formed you in the womb. That word is very, very close. It's just one letter different for the word for potter. and that It's the same message that God has said to Jeremiah. Before you were even born, I was already shaping you and molding you and forming you and knitting you together. That I had a plan, a purpose for your life that I have called you into. And so Jeremiah is living this message. This is the message that he is proclaiming to God's people, that we are, hand, we are clay in the potter's hands. And the thing for us to know is that just like that is God's message for Jeremiah, that that is God's message for you. That before you were born, God was knitting you together. God was shaping you that your life is not random, your life is not an accident, but that there is a potter who is at work and he has his hands all over your life. That he is working on you, that he has a plan for you and a purpose for you and he's shaping you even right now. But when I think about the responsibility of the potter, the relationship that I have, if I truly stop and consider what it means that God is the potter and that I am the clay, sometimes that's a very challenging position for me to find myself in. Because I look at my life and I don't always understand what is going on. I look at my life and sometimes all I can see is what's missing. What I don't have. And Isaiah speaks to this in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 9. Look at this verse. This is what it says. It says, Woe to him who strives with him who formed him, a pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or your work has no handles. You know, sometimes I see this exact same attitude in my life. God, what are you doing in me? God, I believe that you are the potter. I want to be clay in your hands. But what, where are you taking me? What are you doing in me? What are you making? Where am I going to end up? Am I going to gonna get to where I want to go? Am I going to see these things in my life? And I love this last part where it says, your work has no handles. You know, so often that's my own attitude To God where I'm saying, hey, God, I notice you making a lot of other pots and they all have handles. Where's my handles? God, you missed something with me. God, I see what you're doing in them. I see what's happening over here. What about me? You missed something. There's something I'm supposed to have that you've not given to me. Where are my handles? But in a healthy relationship with God. We understand what our role is, that we are the clay, he is the potter. And we understand our responsibilities. And so what is the responsibility of the clay? It's not to strive with the potter. But our responsibility as clay is that we get to determine if we will be soft or hard. We get to determine if we will be pliable or if we will stubbornly resist the potter's hand. You know, if you're a a potter and you're working with clay and the clay is hard, most of the time you can soften the clay just with the warmth of the potter's hands. Just the warmth of the potter's hands working the clay is usually enough to soften it. If it's not enough and the clay is still hard, well, then you would add some external heat. You'd turn up the temperature to try and soften the clay. And if that doesn't work, you reach for the mallet. In Jeremiah's day, the potter would take the clay and actually walk on the clay to soften the clay. You know, there have been a few moments in my life that I can look back on and I can see the warm, loving hands. Of the potter shaping me, forming me, where I have responded to just the warmth of his hands and said, You know what, God, I I know what you're asking me to do here. God, I see you leading me into this season. And I'm saying, Yes, I want to be soft in your hands. But there have been many, many more times in my life where I've had to feel the mallet. Where it's only when it's the pain of God hammering and hammering and hammering on some element of my character, on something in my life that I am just stubbornly refusing to change. And it's only when I get to the place of saying, okay, this hurts so bad, I have to do something about this. This has to change. It cannot stay like this. Have you felt the heat? And the pressure, have you ever felt the mallet? Maybe the challenging circumstances that you're finding yourself in. Maybe the pressure that you're under. Maybe the heat you're experiencing. Is God trying to soften you so that he can shape you according to his plan and his purpose? The responsibility of the clay is will we be soft? Or will we be hard? Will we be pliable? Will we stubbornly resist the potter's hands? But if we stopped here, this is not a very appealing message. It's not very appealing to consider What we have covered so far, God is the potter, and he is going to determine what you are going to become. He's making you into a vessel. He hasn't really stopped to consider or ask you what you think about it. You're looking at your life sometimes. You're saying, I see things that are missing. I don't understand what's happening. And that as he's shaping you, if you are hard and you resist, it's only a matter of time before he's going to get that mallet and start hammering on you. Not a good place for us just to stop right here. But in a healthy relationship, it's not just that we know what our role is. It's not just that we understand what our responsibilities are, but every healthy relationship has to have trust. So why do we trust God? For Jeremiah, Jeremiah trusts God because he has seen God at work in his life. He has heard the voice of God. God has spoken to him. God has been faithful to him. It's through the experience of his life that he has seen God at work in his nation, in him. And so that's why Jeremiah trusts God. What about for us? Why do we trust God? The reason we trust God is Jesus. Because in Jesus we see something remarkable. The potter became the clay. That in the life of Jesus we see the creator become the created, we see the shaper being shaped. We see the architect, the designer of the universe who takes on human form, who is born into this world, who enters the narrative. And we see in looking at the life of Jesus, the example of one who is soft and pliable, willing and obedient in his father's hand. And we see that things do not go easily or well for him that he experiences tears and rejection he didn't live a long life and in his lifetime he didn't experience great fame or great wealth he never married he never had a child In fact, so many of the things that we look at as markers of success and the things that we're desiring and wanting for our life, he did not obtain or even seem all that interested in, and yet he lived a beautiful and useful life, that he was a vessel that poured out love and grace and mercy and miracles and teaching and beautiful stories And that he shows us what it is to trust the hand of the potter and his plan, his purpose, his desire for life. Even to being led to a brutal death on a cross. Jesus is why we can trust the potter. Because the potter knows what it is to be the clay. We can trust him. Another reason why we can trust God is that this story that we look at here, this picture that Jeremiah sees of the potter and the clay, it is, in part, it's a picture of God's sovereignty, that God is in control, that God is the one who raises up and brings down, that God is in control of the clay. But it's also a picture of grace. In Jeremiah chapter 18 verse 4, it says that Jeremiah is watching as the potter is shaping a vessel. But then the vessel becomes spoiled. It becomes marred. There's a flaw in the clay. It resists. There's something that's not right. And so the potter recognizes this and crushes the clay. But the potter doesn't take that clay and throw it over his shoulder and reach for a new hunk of clay. The potter begins again. He continues to shape that same piece of clay. He begins to raise it up again to shape it into the vessel that he has desired. And in our life, this is a picture of grace. That for every stubborn piece of clay... There is grace. That for every flaw, there is grace. That God has not given up on you. God has not stopped working on you. That His hands continue to be all over your life. That even when we resist, even when we're stubborn, even when we mar what He is doing inside of us, He does not stop. He just begins again. And a life of following Jesus is a life of new beginnings. He's working on you. He's got his hands on you. Even in this year of challenges and difficulties, he's using all of this to shape you, to form you according to his design, his purpose. His hands are all over you. But are we soft? In his hands? Are we pliable? Or are we thinking about what we don't have? Thinking about how we don't understand what's going on? We're just stubbornly resisting what he's doing. Today there is grace for each and every one of us. And today we can look at the example of Jesus and say, Yes, Lord, let me be soft in your hand. I want to pray for us. Jesus, I thank you for each person that is listening to the sound of my voice. And God, I pray that right now, God, that we would understand our role in this relationship. God, that you truly are the potter. You are in control. You have your hand on our life. God, that you have a plan and a purpose, and you are the one who can lift us up again. You are the one who can raise us up. God, you are creating us to be vessels, vessels to pour out love, vessels of grace, vessels of wisdom. Lord, let us be those who would pour out into our families, into our communities, the things that you have poured inside of us. And God, we thank you that there is grace Grace for our stubbornness, grace for our resisting, for every time we spoil or mar what you are doing, that you don't give up on us, but you continue to shape us. And so today I pray that we would trust you, Lord, trust you in every situation, in every circumstance. God, that we would trust what you are doing. Help us to be soft in your hand. Help us to recognize the heat and the pressure as you softening us so that you can work in us your good will. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Finally, we cannot have a healthy relationship with God if we don't know Jesus. And if you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, to bend your knee to him, to make him the Lord and the Savior of your life, that is our starting point. It is Jesus that brings us in to this wonderful relationship. And so if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you're saying, yes, I know I need to be, I want to be in relationship with Jesus, then wherever you're at, whether you're watching at home or you're here in the building, would you just simply slip up your hand and say, that's me. That's me. Let me pray. Jesus, I thank you for each person who right now has just lifted up their hand God, who is saying, yes, Jesus, I need you. I need you in my life. Jesus, I pray that you would come right now, that you would speak to them and show them how much you love them. God, that you would begin this beautiful relationship. God, as you have your hand on their life, how you have already been bringing them to this moment. God, that you are shaping them and making them into what you desire them to be. And God, we just thank you. For new brothers and sisters to join into this beautiful relationship of being in the family of God. And we celebrate that today.